and I put my nose to the grindstone. I'm like, every single day I'm shooting. I don't care if I'm losing sleep. I'm going to be doing this all the time. And within two and a half, three months, I got 100,000 subscribers. I met my wow. goal for the year. No I'm like, way. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> What's up, guys? Today's guest is a professional YouTuber and content creator. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Mr. Jabby Kawai. So, how are you guys? What's up, man? What's going on? This is a uh, pretty cool because uh, I have actually known Jabby for I'd say probably ten longer than that. ten, eleven years. Longer yeah, than that. Been, I think longer. I think at least fifteen years. Wow, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. And and what's cool is that even though I've known you for so long. We fell out of touch for a little bit just because of life and work, and I recently ran into you to uh, celebrate something very significant. Yeah. You just hit one million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Man, that is quite an accomplishment. And to be very honest with you, it's part of the reason why it dragged me out of the house. I don't make it to a lot of events, man, as I'm sure you know. But uh, I was shocked when you showed up. I'm like, Travis is here. What the hell? What's going on? Am I, I must be really drunk because I'm seeing Travis. This is craziness. Which, which you were. But uh, yeah. no, the coolest oh. thing to, to me was that, man, I mean, uh, as I'm starting to get older, I just really start to appreciate life events. And that's something that's only going to happen once in your life, man. And I was like, you know what? I need to be there just to uh, share in this moment because it's something that so many people are working towards, I feel like, in this day and age. It's very un-LA of you. <laughs> no one in LA celebrates live events. Everyone's like, I got I got too much going on. I'm sorry. I'd yeah. be there, but you know, Game of Thrones or whatever. Like exactly. Something's always coming up. Yeah, man. At this point in my life, uh, I've done a lot of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of cool things. And now it's like, uh, I'm at a point in my life where I'm secure enough to congratulate and appreciate my friends. Yeah. I feel like when you're younger you're kind of just more concerned about your own path yeah. but you're not able to like appreciate your friend's path. So. Do you remember the first time that we uh, worked together? I'm sorry, I'm going to try not to move in the chair too much. Oh, you're Gucci, yeah. man. You're, <laughs> dude, we have professional free runners with ADD that sit in that chair. Oh, really? <laughs> who basically I should give a fidget spinner. Okay. Because <laughs> they're the whole time. Yeah. Do you remember the first time we worked together? Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to throw it out there, and I, I may be right, I may be wrong. Okay. Wayne Brady? It was. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm sure Travis has done like thousands of jobs. He would not remember that at all. Dude, I've and, and you know what's funny? I, I'll tell you why I do remember that job is not only because it was with you, but it's a funny story I tell a lot of friends of mine. Really? Because it was kind of like a gorilla shoot where we had like a few locations. Yeah. Remember, we were like on the sidewalk. <laughs> we were at yeah. a park. We went to a, a studio. Yeah. But when we were out at the park doing the fight scene on the street. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, going to his car and I could hear his motor running. And I ran back and I like went and told like a PA or someone helping. I was like, hey, just so you guys know, like Wayne's car's still on. Mm -hmm. And someone looked at me and was like, oh yeah, uh, we leave the air conditioning on just in case he just wants to get in it. And I remember back in the day being like, wow, that's some baller ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole weird experience for me, man. Cause he was a, he was a hero of mine growing up as for yeah. many of us. Cause like his comedy is just off the chains, um, but yeah, totally like working with him. I got like, I got insight and I'm like, okay, this is weird. Like, <laughs> This is just this is as much as I want to say about that. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, and you yeah. saw it. But what was so cool about you was you're like, you can hit me, man. You can hit me. You can like actually hit me. And I'll take the fall, like for reals. I'm like, all right, Travis, you do that. That's why you're getting paid the big, big bucks. I was like, at that point, I was like, you know what? This is a unique shoot that we're in. Yeah. It's like, we just need to get these shots and move on. Yeah. But that was a unique situation. How, how did you get tied in that project? Dude, it was weird. Um, okay. Let me see what I'm allowed to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Gymnastics Olympica, I met Ryan Hushin and David Elson. And they were working on a Wayne Brady short film, and they invited me to come on. I'm like, all right, cool. They're original members of a Team Tempest Free Running, for right. those of you out there listening. Right. 
And so they got me involved in the project. I became close friends with Mandy. Oh. And then um, I did a short film with Mandy called Turf, okay. where I shot her and her now boyfriend. And Wayne Brady loved it. And he said he wanted to do a fight scene also. And he had me direct all these little things for him. But kind of like Prince, it was one of those things that just stays locked in a vault. <laughs> and so we shot all this stuff. Totally. And I was like, I just need to get this footage to people. Though It was just weird, man. Yeah, 100%. But it was one of those things where he didn't realize what was involved to make it right. Because that morning we were choreographing. Yeah, I know. And... I just I don't want to say too much, but like as you said, we changed locations like three times because nothing was really sorted. And then like I thought I had him the whole day, and at four thirty p.m. he's like, "I got to play with my daughter." Yeah, I, was I like, remember this. What? <laughs> I mean, it takes like twelve hours to shoot a fight scene, though. We had yeah. like two. Yeah, it was crazy, and it was a unique shoot, man. But um, yeah. and w- what's cool to see is that like you kind of touched on it, but back then you were. Uh, kind of working in a different capacity than you are right now as far as your career is going. What was your focus back then? My focus, Jesus. Like my focus was, was always everywhere, man. And it's funny you should bring that up because um, that's something I did want to mention today before the podcast was over was uh, Tyler Perry. Yes. I'm, I'm not his big fan or anything like that, but he put out this Facebook uh, video a long time ago. I thought this would be interesting for your listeners because he said people come to him all the time and they're like, how do, I, how do I do what you do? Because you do everything. You direct, you write, you act, you produce. Like, how do I do what you're totally. doing? And he goes, well, what I did was I picked one thing, and I made that one thing work. And that was a play. And he peddled that play for six years. And once it worked, everything else popped off. Ah, I got you. And I was like, all right, I got, I got to do that. I don't know how, though, because I love so many things. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, back then, I was like, I was all over the place. I was acting. I was working in casting, running commercial casting sessions. I remember you'd be at casting sessions. You know, I'd see you behind the camera. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> choreographing fight scenes, shooting little short films here and there. Like the thing I produced with Wayne, like I got you involved with that. Totally. It's just I was all over the place. And, uh, and casting became my main thing for a little while. Not because I wanted to, but just because it was a job. Yeah, yeah. And totally. I would do like... This is LA. Yeah, stunts and acting here and there. But what happened was in late 2015, I don't think I've ever told you this, but like I had a nasty breakup with my girlfriend at the time. Her and her like daughter were living with me. We haven't had this full combo. Yeah. We've like touched on this briefly, but we haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't have the full combo. It was intense. And I'm not going to go into too much detail other than I was... I broke up with her because I wasn't happy, but I was still pretty distraught because that little girl was my daughter. 100%. Basically. And so I went into like a serious depression. I didn't know what to do. And at that time, I did a whole bunch of different stuff on my YouTube channel between like, uh, I had a talk show. I did do some trailer reactions. I did movie reviews, uh, short films. Like it was all over the place. And I realized that Mm -hmm. Tyler Perry thing. I'm like, I need to focus on just like one thing. And the trailer reactions was something I could bang out over and over and over again, like all the time. And I could bring different people over. Because, and that'll keep it fresh. And then yes. that forces me to interact with people, kind of oh, like this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that just became my thing. No way. And so, like, but I'd been, like, working on that channel for at least a year or two, seriously. Nothing was really going anywhere. I was getting 1,000 subscribers a month. And then uh, I found some Indian content by accident. It was just by accident. And I'm like, oh, no one's doing that. Let me do that. Yes. And I did some trailer reactions to Indian stuff. And then, like, overnight, it just blew up. Yeah, Paul, can you pull up uh, one of the first videos there? Um, so how long do you think you were doing trailer reactions for? You said about a year, year and a half? Uh, about a year and a half. I think it was like 2013, late 2013, because my dad had passed away in 2013. Okay. And so 
late 2013 is when I started getting serious about YouTube stuff. Oh yeah, this is a really old video. That's yeah, like one of the so, first ones. Yeah, I was um, gonna I was gonna say go uh, go over one more, one or two more. I love yeah. that still of me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Both of these stills are awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me so, like mid blank and shit. And what what we're looking at right now is um Paul, look at which one is the first date out of like the those three or four. The one with the Japanese chick, Yu Asakura, is the is, is the, the first early, one. Yeah, she's she was the first. So this is the first one that hit over a million views. Uh, is it's that the right? first one. It's the first one I put out there. Like one, of, it was either this one or another Indian one. It was the first one I I put out there um, as an Indian trailer reaction. Totally. And yeah. I had no idea it was going to mean anything to anybody. I was really trying to strike a chord with my American audience. I'm okay. Go look. This stuff is out there that you guys don't know about. And then Indians found me. They're like, Hey, can you look at this stuff? And me being me, I was like, Well, I want to adhere to what everyone's asking for. So like, I will just do requests all the time. Yes. And then like, I just got swamped with so many Indian subscribers. I went from a thousand subscribers a month to eventually a thousand subscribers a day. Wow. And what I noticed was it started to snowball really quickly. Cause if you look at the date here, this is like December 28th, then go to the next one, Paul. This has 1.4 million. Then the next one is January 6th. Mm -hmm. And this one has 2.8 million. Then you go to the next one. Yeah. And this one is January 12th. Three and a half million. Yeah. You got to keep in mind though, these are accumulated over of course, a few yeah. years. Yeah. But what's cool though is that you could see that you started to like spitball or just started to gain momentum yeah. where like you could see the shift in what you were putting out though. Yeah. Like, so did you start to completely focus on Indian films at that point or is it just... No. Okay. Uh, I was trying to keep it diverse with like American, Asian, like, well, Indians, India is part of Asia, but like, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to hit everything, every single market just because I wanted to bring everybody together and I quickly realized... I can't really change people's minds, um, but I can do my best. Totally. And so I, what I decided to do was eventually split up the channel. So I have my main channel, Jabby Kowei, which is dedicated to Indian content now. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't always like that. And then I have an American channel, uh, Get Jabby. And then other Asian stuff is Jabby TV. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah. So like Vietnamese, Thai, Korean, Japanese, all that stuff is on Japanese. But you TV. still are like, uh, you have like a very specific like niche market, so to speak. Like you've kind of moved away from American films in a lot of ways, right? Like, um, is your well, main focus? Okay, your yeah. main focus. The, the channel has the most subscribers, though, is based India. solely on India. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The Get Get Jabby is all American stuff, or Western stuff yeah. in general, and that is approaching 100,000. Okay. Yeah, wow, so wow. accumulatively, we're looking at, like, 1.1 million subscribers. Holy yeah, crap. Something like that. Um, and to me, though, like, uh, once I saw the success that you were having, I wasn't surprised at all, though, because I know the amount of the sheer number of people that live in india yeah. obviously but the fact that um i know that the big impact they've had on youtube in the last year or two was also spurred on by the fact that uh mobile cell phones became more widespreadly available mm -hmm. over there and all of a sudden numbers just started jumping out of the roof to the point that i think the number one most subscribed channel uh, that was competing with pewdiepie was that indian film company right yeah t-series yeah. i'm actually friends with them exactly yeah yeah and so with that being said, um, are you seeing any correlation between the amount of people that are continuing to cross over like into YouTube from India, like as your channel grows exponentially? Like, are you seeing that as, I guess, I guess for lack of a better way of explaining it, like, do you think that your channel is going to continue to grow as more people from India get onto the internet? Or do you think that no matter what, you're, you're just going to hit a plateau, I guess, you know? Um, I've thought about that, and I, I honestly don't have a good answer for that. Sorry if that was confusing no, as no, shit no. for it, people it, out there. Yeah, no, that was confusing even for me. I got like had, had yeah. a minor panic. What, I'm like, what's he asking? What me? I was basically getting at was that like <laughs> the the spurt, the basically the amount of people that jumped onto YouTube from India was in the last couple of years. Yeah, even though they're one of the most populous countries in the world, yeah. they didn't have a huge presence on YouTube a decade ago. 
So what I was curious about was like, since it's happened very recently, are you still seeing your numbers growing exponentially right now? Or are you starting to see any fall off? Like, was it just a big, you know? Last I checked, the numbers are growing at around 31,000 subscribers every 28 to 30 days. It's, it's something like that. I mean, it, it varies. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's interesting looking at the numbers because like, you'll see a drop off of 20,000, but you gain 50,000. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, but and it's happening all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even think about it anymore. I'm not paying attention to those analytics. Like the thing you're talking about where Indians got cell phones and like that was a huge market that people are trying to hit. I remember seeing commercials in the theaters of Mark Zuckerberg trying to put like Wi-Fi over India mm-hmm. to expand his Facebook presence yes. over there yeah, yeah. to give him free internet. Everyone's trying to give India free internet totally. because there's so many people. people. Yeah. I'm not thinking like that. Okay. I'm just thinking, what can I do to make people happy who are coming to me? Dope. That was it. I wasn't thinking, how do I attack India and, and make them mine? Like, that wasn't my, my thing at all. Okay. You know, I'm not trying to seize that opportunity. Yeah, I was yeah. just trying to like keep doing me. And hopefully people like that, you know? Well, clearly they do because the channel's continuing to grow. What I saw was uh, even after... Um, even after you hit a million fo- followers, you put out a video kind of like explaining the the explanation of your name. Yeah. And uh, by that point, you'd already gained thousands more followers just within a couple of days. I know it was crazy. It was super crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So clearly, you're continuing to grow. But yeah, I was just curious if you if you thought you were still growing at the same pace or not, which obviously you are. So yeah, I mean, it, it fluctuates. It definitely fluctuates. But yeah, it's still growing for sure. Yeah, totally. What's crazy is like seeing all the new people pop up too, though. Like people see what I'm doing, they're like, "Oh, I can do that," and they go after the Indian market. I'm like, "That's not what I did, but good luck." Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and some people are having success with it. Some are not having as much, but yeah, people want to emulate what you do. You know, a hundred percent. And you were just first to the party, so it's been pretty pretty awesome. I wasn't the very first. There were other people who were before me, but I'm I'm the first who really made it popular. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I know like even your brother kind of does trailer type reviews and stuff like He's that. He's the one that inspired me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he was doing it before me. He, he, I mean, he had a... See, what happened was after that breakup that I mentioned, like I was in a situation where I was working in casting and I was miserable. Yeah. Like so many people around the world where you have a job you just hate. A hundred percent. And I was trying to figure out how to get out. I was just done with casting. Okay. And so I talked to my brother who had like half a million followers or something like that. Wow. And I go, how do I, how do I make this work? How do I do YouTube full time? And he goes, well, you want to have at least 100,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. So my goal was December 2016, I need to have 100,000. And I put my nose to the grindstone. I'm like, every single day I'm shooting. I don't care if I'm losing sleep. I'm going to be doing this all the time. And within two and a half, three months, I got 100,000 subscribers. I met my wow. goal for the year. No I'm like, way. I don't know what to do with myself. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and it was pretty nuts. How many videos were you putting out uh, at that time? One a day? Two to three a day. Holy With crap. trailer reactions, it's like, it's quantity. Okay. Right? I mean, it depends on what kind of channel you're doing. If you're doing like film essays, obviously you're only going to put out like one a month mm-hmm. or one a week. But with trailer reactions, it's it's all snappy, quick reviews. And so it is the kind of thing where you can put it out every single day. That's cool. And how are you finding these trailers? Are you uh, curating them yourself by searching the web? Are they sent in to you by users? Everything. Oh. It's all every, I mean, I used to have someone who would filter it out for me. But like, it's every goddamn way. And sometimes it's comments where people are just like hitting me. Like the other day, I put out a video of something where so many people were hitting me with comments. And I was like, this is not going away. <laughs> so, so you just did it? <laughs> I did it. And it was the funniest thing was I was kind of frustrated. I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it because I thought I was going to get copyright claims on it because mm. of music. Mm. And so I did it anyway. It was like midnight. And I shot four videos thinking I would just shoot one. But I got into it. So it was like they were right. 
<laughs> it was, awesome. and you, it was something you'd be into too because it was for World of Dance. Oh, King's Dance Team. Got to be. Yeah, the King. Exactly. Of course, uh, right along with Indian culture. So it, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, King's Dance Team, they just won season three of World of Dance, yeah. uh, and it was pretty awesome to see a team from India come yeah. over to the U.S. and win. Exactly. Yeah, and you know it's funny. I did see that in a bunch of your comments. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, you're a man of the people. What a what a good guy. Yeah, man. Um, so at this point right now, uh, I know that you're continuing to focus on this. So you're still just putting out three videos a day. Is that right? Is that every day? Do you take weekends off? I've been trying to take weekends off. That's the hard thing. That's the hard thing with YouTube that people don't realize is like what they see is the end result. Mm -hmm. They don't realize how much is going on when the camera's not rolling. It's just like Jordan talked about. He's like, y'all see when I when I dunk. Yes. Y'all see when I shoot the hoop totally. and, and make it. You didn't see when I was off season training like crazy. And I think that's true of any YouTuber who's worth his salt. Like you, you are constantly putting in time, even when you're not shooting. When you're not on the computer, you're thinking about it. Yes. And it's hard to just turn that off. Totally. And so on the weekends, I try to unplug. But even then, like, there's this itch. Like, oh, I got it. I have to. I have to. You know, it's weird. Yeah, it's almost like a routine at this point in your life to, like, be in front of the camera and doing these things. Yeah, that's my thing with new people coming up is, like, you got to be careful. You got to measure yourself and be like, all right, I'm not going to, like, kill myself over this. Because a lot of people do. Like, I would... I would lose so much sleep in an effort to be the first. And it's almost like journalism where it doesn't matter like the quality for a lot of people. They just need to be the first one out yeah, there. Yeah. And for me, I try to fight against it. I'm like, I don't care if I'm the first first. I want to make sure my – because I, I go back and watch my videos and I know they get seen a lot. So I'm like, I got to make sure that the quality at least is somewhat there. Yes. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like when a new Avengers trailer drops, it's like everyone's rushing to be the first one out. I'm like, I want to make sure my opinion is sound. Yes. And yes. makes somewhat of sense, you know? Totally. So, when you're watching these trailers, are they generally the first time you, you're seeing these? Always. Oh, okay. Always. Awesome. So there's genuine reactions. Yeah. If I'm at the theater and there's a trailer that I haven't seen, I, just, I literally close my eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't ruin this. Yeah. So along those lines, have trailers... And, and this may be a touchy subject for you, but have trailers in some way, uh, do they, do the amount of trailers you watch ruin films for you? Like, do you see too much in trailers or? I have, I, I mean, it depends on the movie. Like <coughs> with Avengers Endgame specifically, after two, I stopped. Even though cool. those were huge moneymakers. Yes. Like those were all huge moneymakers. I saw my brother doing it, making a killing. And that's why I was asking yeah. you. Because I know there's some films that everyone's going to want to click all of those always. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not going to... This movie is too special for me. I'm not going to cool. let it get ruined. And it, it, the same thing happened with Shazam, actually. Because I watched all the trailers for Shazam. Mm. And I was like, I got, to the, I got to the movie and I'm like, I saw all these jokes. Damn. All of them. And Damn. they were good jokes. Yeah, but it, it was already... You already seen it. Yeah. yeah. I saw the whole movie in the, tra- in the trailers. I'm like, I got to like tone it back. R- real quick, not to get off topic too much. How was Shazam? It's good? Yeah, it was good. Okay. It was... I mean... It was good. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, I, I th- I'd say it's worth watching. It's definitely one of the better WB uh, DC films, but it's not um, as great as I wanted it to be, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that the trailers just kind of told me too much. Yeah, I feel it, you It's that. hard to divorce myself from the like what I know. Okay, yeah, But yeah, I can tell you this. I saw it twice, and the first time, I was early showing through Fandango, and the audience just wasn't super into it. Mm. The audience at the real D3D screening loved it. And that audience can really shape your your feelings. 100%. You know? It's like being at a good party. Yeah, totally. Or like uh, I've gone to some stand-up shows where the audience is dead, no matter how good the guy on on stage is, it just sucks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here is because obviously... 
I feel like we have a lot of listeners and followers that are trying to get into the YouTube space themselves. You know, becoming an influencer is like such a hot topic these days, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or obviously trying to get on YouTube. So for like the average kid that's out here, um, I just want to like set some realistic things first and then maybe get some tips. But like, how long have you been doing YouTube from your origin story till now? I mean, I had a YouTube channel for 10 years before I really started doing anything with it, right? Yeah. Like it was just there for my short films and whatnot. I wasn't really sure what to do with it. Um, but you gotta, I think for me, the, the biggest thing is, I, okay, there's this guy I watched a while back who actually had, has two YouTube channels. He's got a Spanish one and an American one. I forgot his name, but he said, he went through all these different successful channels and he found this one guy, uh, it was a Brazilian channel who had like 15 million subscribers wow. and he goes, I want you to see this guy. He's, he shoots everything with a GoPro. It's like the shittiest <laughs> the fucking like thing you could possibly shoot with yeah and it's like all his stuff is with a gopro it's like it's it's just very it's very um the the quality of it's not great okay okay. but the content is interesting Mm. and he goes charisma and content are the most important things yeah that's it your thumbnails don't matter your titles don't matter none of that matters what matters is content and charisma that's it so if you're interesting and, and you're really interested in what you're talking about, that's all that matters yeah. at the end of the day. I agree with that. I've seen that uh, kind of reiterated by a lot of big YouTube stars. Uh, I've seen stuff by like Mr. Beast talking about, it's not about the camera you have. He's like, I shot on crappy cameras. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's that's very true. Actually, yeah. someone was hitting me up on Instagram going, what camera should I buy? I'm like, just use what you got. The only, the only thing standing between you and success is you. 100%. At, at this point, because... Your phone can literally shoot, edit, you can review, you can do totally. everything with your phone. And it's like, you can get a used iPhone for, what, 100 bucks these days? For, for those of you out there that are even doubting this, we run the entire Jamcast off of iPhone 10s right now. I was shocked and when you told ha- me that. And we have an iPad for the, the Switcher app, and it's insane. I'm like, you're flipping kidding me, dude. Like, I, can, <laughs> I can literally take my entire setup, all my mics, all my cameras, and my Switcher, and it fits in a carry-on. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I, I wanted to mention was, part of the reason I had to reinvent myself the way I did in t- late 2015 is also because um i mean part of the reason i didn't see you as much in that time frame was because i was injured whoa yeah i was injured i sort we sort of talked about this a little bit but like i got injured at jam <laughs> yes we did talk <laughs> about this guy <laughs> i was because I, I, oh. I was trying to do run up the walls for run up the wall backflips yeah. and i heard a pop and i it got plantar fasciitis and so that that threw me into a dark depression. Like totally. injuries are the worst. It's one of the worst things in the world, especially yeah. when you're used to moving. Exactly. If you're not used to moving, yeah, it's like okay, yeah. maybe you're the same. Like just before we're rolling, you're like, oh yeah, I messed up my shoulder. I had surgery. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, oh my god, even Goku gets injured. Yes, dude, one hundred percent, dude. And that's really funny. Um, so you've been doing YouTube. You said for like ten years. You really put the focus in 2015, late 2015. Late well, 20? I mean, 2014 is, okay. is is more accurate. And how many months was it before you hit a hundred thousand? Like, what did you start at? You said it took like two to three months to hit 100,000. What, what did you start at before you hit that? Were you at like I was 10? At, I was at 16,500 approximately. Oh, wow. So you gained a huge amount. Yeah. So that took three months. And then I guess at what point from there, was that middle of 2016 that you had 100,000? Uh, in, in mid-2016, it was 200,000. 200,000. Yeah. Wow. And then from... in the- 300,000 by the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. And so your big jump was in the following year? Every year has been a big jump. It's yeah. like, I mean, I mean, okay, so if we're marking it by year, 20, end of 2016 was 300,000. End of 2017 was 500,000. Okay, and, so almost and, doubled. And like, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, the numbers are hard to predict. Like, I wouldn't even go off of that, to be honest with you, because subscriber count can be misleading. What you should really look at is, number one is how many views are they getting? Yep. Number two is the engagement, which is harder to, like, 
it's harder to see someone's engagement. As far as comments or, or watch time? Watch time. Yes. Watch okay. time is everything. Totally. And that's what YouTube goes off of. They go, oh, someone only watched your thing for five seconds, so you're... You're, you're not just, engaging. Yeah, you're not engaging. You mm-hmm. were misleading them. And so they'll, like, put your video down further on the list or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, view count, like, I'm at... What I'm proud of, what I was very proud of, was that I crossed half a billion views. Wow. I was like, okay, that's a milestone. That's cool. That's crazy. Because, yeah. like, I've seen people with 4 million subscribers who don't hit anywhere near that. Yeah, totally. Or a couple of their videos pop, but not all of them do. Exactly. Yeah. And so, view count, it matters more than subscribers, I think, and then engagement. Okay. And, and I'm finding that my audience is getting more and more engaged with my stuff as time goes on. Because they're used to, like, my longer form of content. I, like, I, was, I was afraid of that initially. But YouTube actually appreciates when you do longer content. Yeah. So... 10 minutes is the ideal number. Wow. And sometimes okay. people make fun of me for it. They're like, oh, you did 10 minutes just so you could put two ads. It's like, well, no, it's not that. It's just it's an that ideal number. Y- you, it's an ideal number because YouTube prefers that. Mm-hmm. So if your content is shorter than, if, if your content is nine minutes and 59 seconds, it will get less noticed by YouTube than 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Free knowledge, kids. Dropping free knowledge right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for real. It's like totally. the, the algorithm thing is so hard to understand. One thing I've also learned recently is like you want to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So like let's say you're dropping three videos a week. Try to make it always the same day, the yes. same time. Always. People get on a routine. Yeah. yeah. 100% agree with that. I think the only person that doesn't drop on a schedule is Joe Rogan. Because this crazy, crazy dude will just go in the studio and do like three in a day or do like one a day. Yeah. He's nuts. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask you numbers, but I just want people out there to see, as YouTube your full-time job now? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like two full-time jobs. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's not just me anymore. Yeah. Achara Kirk works with me, and my sister works with me as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so it's a whole thing, and we're trying to expand. It just gets tricky. The one thing people need to realize with YouTube is it's not stable. Mm. Like, anything with the internet is not stable. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how some people, like... Like Philip DeFranco, for instance, I'm a huge fan of his. He's got a whole, and, and Linus Tech Tips, they have these huge companies. Like, when I say huge, I mean like 14, 15 people. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and it's yeah. all internet video based. And it's like, it freaks me out. Like, what Like what if something happens? Like, then 14 people, like, now they got to find new jobs or whatever. And so what they do is they get, they get crazy sponsorships. And, they, okay. and, they, and Philip DeFranco himself always says, you make sure you diversify. So Philip DeFranco started his own, like, um, men's, I don't know what you call it, men's beauty line. Like, mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. The hair gel and yeah, cologne yeah. and all that stuff. So he started that, and it's doing pretty well. I'm like... Okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how people do it though. Like I know how to do one thing. Yeah. Right. I don't know how you split your brain up into eight different places to have it all going at the same time. But my whole thing is like YouTube is just precarious in a way. Like you just don't know what's going to happen the next week, the next day. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for people to keep that in mind when they engage in that stuff. It can get scary sometimes. And it's good to have like something else at the same time. Totally. You know. Okay. Yeah. Do you think with that being said though, that you found the most success when you 100% committed to making this a career was it like a blind leap so to speak yeah or? but I, I had a little bit in savings okay i mean my recommendation less like when i whenever people want to move to la for instance yes and, I, and they go i have i have um this much in my mind of how much i want to save i'm like double that shit yeah, that's what i tell people <laughs> and when people ask me about opening yeah. the gym i'm like triple that yeah. <laughs> yeah like you gotta save up way more than you're expecting totally. because you'll have some downtime there yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's hard and yeah, so with YouTube, I say the same thing. Like, if you want to leap into YouTube, make sure you got a little bit set aside. I remember some years back, there was a guy who was, like, struggling for money, and he turned to YouTube to make money. I'm like, that's not, that's not the way, dude. That's just not the way, man. It's not a quick You path. got a kid? 
go go to go to Target, fill yeah. out an application. Exactly. Like, this is not the way. Yeah. Like man. it takes time. You got to put in like a lot of you know pounding the pavement, so to speak. hundred percent. Before you you yield good results. Yeah. You know that is crazy. I mean, that's not the case for everybody, but most cases understandable yeah but i think you're giving a very realistic approach which i think people need to hear yeah. you know instead of just thinking oh i could get a million subscribers just like jabby did you know what i'm saying maybe yeah. they can but yeah could take some time the, the, the other thing that people also need to realize is like because there's an old chinese proverb that says uh pick a job you like never work a day in your life totally. i'm like that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> everything is hard work you have to pick your hard work that's the thing. It's like yeah. no matter what you do, if you love it, it's probably even harder yeah. because you love it so much. Because you actually are invested in it. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of friends that turn their brain off when they get off work. But I'm like, dude, I'm at home sleeping and dreaming and thinking about this exactly. shit just like you are. Yeah, like with like flips, for instance, like, I'm sure like most people can understand this who, who do gymnastics and whatnot. It's like you are harder on yourself more than anybody because you love it so much and you yes. want to do great. And so likewise with anything, like it's hard because you want it to be special. You want it to be really good. I mean, if you care about it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so I, I, people have to get away from the notion of looking for something easy. Okay. That's my whole thing. It's like I teach martial arts to kids, and I'm like, don't avoid the hard work. Embrace the hard work because yeah. that's where, like, you know, what is it? How does, what does my brother always say? You, diamonds are made out of uh, pressure. Yeah, 100%. You know? Pressure yeah, yeah, makes yeah. diamonds. Pressure makes diamonds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So embrace the hard work. That's my big thing. Yeah. You know? I... Uh... It's great for me to hear this because I feel like a lot of times uh, people look at me as like the kid that only cares about working. Mm-hmm. And it's not that. I just uh, I just feel like we live in a day and age when anything is possible. And I'm going to just try to make things happen while I'm here. Dude, you're one of my biggest inspirations. I'm not going to fucking lie. <laughs> this for me is huge. This, being on this podcast oh, is huge man. for me. I'm on the podcast with Goku. Dude, no, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. And, and what's cool to me, though, is that like... Um, I work so much in the other side of entertainment, which mm-hmm. is like film and television. And then to see your success in the digital age and with YouTube and stuff is so inspiring to me. One of the coolest things I got to do in the last month, even though I work in the film industry, was you got to take me to a screening of Avengers. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is so insane and, and totally full, full circle in the fact that like I was wondering, how am I going to watch this movie? And then you hit me up and I'm like, dude, I get to go to Disney and watch a screening? I was this scared you weren't going to make it. Oh, I know, bro. <laughs> Whew. LA traffic is insane. No, because you're yeah. like, because I was, I was like, hey man, you can ride with me. You're like, I got it. No worries, bro. I got it. I'm like, all right. And it's like 8:59. The show's at nine. I'm like, Travis, where are you? I'm like freaking out here. I, I made it though, y'all. I yeah. pulled up just in time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and kind of along the lines of that, uh, what I wanted to ask you about was. How has uh, this opened other opportunities and doors for you? So you're not just doing trailer reviews online now, but do you get invited to press events? Do you yeah. get the opportunity to see other films? I mean, I was I was invited to this set of Aquaman. No and, way. And so what's crazy was they're like, okay, so we're going to fly you out to Australia. I'm like, bullshit. And you're not going to fly me to Australia. And then they did. And they're, like, and, and they're like, this is going to be like a four or five day excursion, which is a crazy turnaround. Yeah. Like you're flying for several hours on end, 10 plus whatever hours, right? You get there and it's like boom, 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 and you head back home. Yep, it's I know. like nuts. The, the the schedule was on, and so I got to hang out with Jason Momoa and all the people. I got to talk to James Wan. I met James Wan three times, and what was hilarious was I love telling this. So I met him on the set of Aquaman, right? Okay. And it was a very quick interaction because he was busy doing James Wan stuff. And then I met him again at the premiere of um, Upgrade. Cause, okay, because yeah, yeah. buddy directed totally. That. Yeah, yeah. And so I talked to James Wan then, and he he was like concerned. For obvious reasons, because and then um, and then at the Aquaman premiere, premiere, everyone's loving it, and he's at the he's at the on the carpet and all that stuff at the after party rather, 
And I go up to him, I tap him on the shoulder, and he goes, it's you! I know you! You do the trailer reactions! Yeah. I was like, what the... F that's, that's crazy! Like, he didn't remember that I met him twice before. He remembered me from the reactions of Aquaman that I did. No way! That's and what blows it. my mind. Is like, that's what you remember? Not the times I interacted with you face-to-face? -face. Actual human interaction. Like, we talked for, like, 20 minutes at Upgrade. You don't remember that, but, yeah. the, like, when you're a celebrity... Yeah, totally. You know. No, that's cool though. But what's more important is that he actually saw something that you like had done. Oh, they all see it. That's even cooler. They all see it. Wow. That's the, that's the crazy thing is like Will Smith saw my stuff. No way. And he put me in one of his videos. Like he took a clip of mine, me and my brother, and he put it in one of his like YouTube, YouTube I mean, videos. YouTube yeah. video. I mean, he's a YouTube he's star. He's killing the game yeah. now. Yeah. And so it's like what I tell everyone who comes on my channel is bear in mind. Whoever made this is going to see your reaction yeah, more than likely. Totally. Always keep that in mind. And so one of my approaches with reviewing content for anyone who's interested in reviewing stuff is try to keep that in mind. Like yeah. I always go, okay, when I look at something, I treat it like my fr like Travis is sending me something, mm -hmm. right? And so I go, how would I approach talking about the negative stuff in here? I'm going yeah. to I'm going to try to be cool about it because you want to have constructive criticism. No one likes to be told that they're bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And 100%. so you try to come at it in in an angle where it's like, okay, you're helping them learn at least in what you what your feeling is yeah without without coming down on them too hard uh, and i agree i think that's a great way to approach it and it like you said what if you ran into one of them exactly. one of these days and it was like horrific yeah yeah that's really that's really cool so what did they fly you over there for was it just so that you could just because i'm an influencer talk about aquaman and yeah i mean they they, they had a awesome. they had a what they call epk electronic yeah. press yeah, yeah. kit and uh they, they they had one epk for everybody so we all had to kind of like struggle to get you know it was it was i mean it was they gave us a fair amount of time it was just a little bit like we wish we had our own cameras to do the more yeah, yeah but it was crazy dude like australia is a different place it's really? just i mean it's so beautiful but you feel the sun right away because there's no ozone layer over there that's crazy and i forget what it was but like we went scuba diving um there's this there's this woman who runs the DC department at at, uh, at WB. Her name's Tiffany Smith, and she's also played Megan, um, the prince's wife. Oh, yeah, she she she, she played. I don't know. She her played name. her. Uh, okay. Sorry. After about forty minutes in a podcast, my brain stops working. <laughs> it's so all good. Um, but anyway, we we went. Um, Paul could look it up too. <laughs> we went. We went. Uh, what's it called? Paddling. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Paddleboarding. Paddleboarding. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not the word for it, but it's kayaking. 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 Right. She, go. Wanted to go, she wanted to go kayaking. <laughs> 50 50 chance. It was, it was her and me in one kayak, and she wanted her, our friend Daz, who's this huge English uh, YouTuber, to come along. He had his own kayak. And so we were told there's jellyfish in the water, but they're not that harmful, is basically the way the leader was putting it. I'm like, all right. And so just the attitude in Australia is like, you'll be fine. Uh. Like, that's always the attitude. And so what happened was we're kayaking back to this island, right? And Daz is way behind us. Okay. And so Tiffany's freaking out because she's like, oh, my God. What it, like, she looks, and she looks with such momentum, it tips us. And the leader was like, if you tip, I'll save you guys. I'll put you back in the boat. Yeah, he'll write you. I come out of the water, and I look, and the leader is way at the <laughs> island already, not giving two shits about us. And Tiffany's freaking out. I I'm bet. laughing hysterically. And she's like, there's jellyfish in the water. <laughs> oh, shit. And if I had remembered that, I would have drowned. Totally. Like, totally. I would have just, like, I would have had panic. a panic attack. Yeah, yeah I would have gone down. But, like, we were fine. Obviously, I'm here. So. Holy crap. Yeah, Australia's different. It's cool. I feel like everyone should do it, though. Yeah, I definitely want to hit up Australia at some point. Yeah. I had no idea about the uh, the sun, though. That That's crazy. You got to be careful. It makes sense. 
sense, but I didn't know that. Sunscreen, man. Yeah. It's your, it's your friend. We're just dropping free knowledge yeah. all day on today's yeah. podcast, but, man. Uh, yeah, so they, so they flew me out to Australia just to, like, kind of talk about Aquaman. And then do, they, they gave me that footage to do my own vlog, basically. Cool. So then you got to use them. Yeah. Okay. And so if any of you ever get the opportunity to, uh, to do anything like that, just know you're not going to have much time to edit. Uh, and so that's happened to me twice because I did one for um, Ralph Breaks the Internet as yes, well. Awesome. They brought me out to the raceway. That shit was bananas because <laughs> they put me in. A, I mean, you've obviously done this a bunch of times, but for me, it was new because I'd never been in a car with a stunt driver. Oh, yeah. Yes. OK. Yeah. And yeah. so I made an ass out of, out of myself on that, too. <laughs> Because, like, I'm riding around with these guys at the Willow Springs Raceway track. Totally. And it's it's a blast, dude. And like, I was riding with the stunt drivers who were doing, like, 180s and all this. And, like, you know, I don't know the terms for all that shit, but it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the guy, the main driver from Baby Driver. Ah, Do you know okay. him? I don't, I, I don't know. I, think I probably do know him. I think his name's Jeremy. I forget his last oh. name. Jeremy Fry, I think. Yeah, yeah. Name. I know who he is. I know who he is. So what happens is they, they give us a breakdown of, of this person's work. And it's like these sheets, they're giving it to us that day. And I'm just like, I'm so tired because I was nervous. I didn't sleep that much that night. I'm like, I can't look at it. Achara looked at it. I didn't. Which was stupid. <laughs> I get on an interview with this guy, and I do what you're doing with me now. Yeah. It's like we just kind of wing it. It's yeah. just like you know, just go for it. And, and usually, you shoot the shit over time. You, exactly. you get interesting stuff because it's more personal. Totally. And so I'm doing the same thing with him, not realizing his huge body of work. And I go, so like as a as a martial arts guy and a fight scene dude, like I, I'm more critical of stuff, but I also know what I love now and blah blah blah. Like, what is some stuff you are uh, you love? Like, what's special to you being what doing what you do? Yeah. I, like, did you like Baby Driver? And he goes. <sighs> Yeah, that was that was good, and that's all he said. And so, the cut. I'm like, cool. I got my thing. I get off camera, and the, one of the producers was like, "Hey, just so you know, like he was the main driver in Baby Driver." In Baby Driver. I'm like, oh, hold on. Okay, roll those fucking cameras again. Yeah, this is something you're not supposed to do. I'm totally. Like, roll those cameras again. I'm gonna sit down and talk with him again. I like, I, I was, I was kind of selfish because I'm like, I need to correct this because I know what the comments are gonna look like. Yeah. So I made fun of myself and him at the same time, and he was a good sport about it. Yeah. Really. That's- that's crazy. Yeah, really but cool guy. I, I've uh, I've had some moments like that in my career, and I've seen other people <laughs> put their foot in their mouth and be like, "Oh, holy crap!" Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> Captain Foot in the Mouth, and, and and one of the things you got to do is just roll with it and be like, "Sorry." Yeah, and just just admit you're wrong and and laugh yeah. at it and move on. If you're willing to, yeah, I mean, I tried not to anymore, but it's it's hard. One of the one of my favorite stories is because like I used to be really bad about it. I was at Trader Joe's. I was like 17 years old or something okay. like that. And what happens is, I can't, I still, I'm embarrassed about this, but like, there's this lady behind me who goes, would you like a free sample? And I thought she was like maybe 18 years old. I turn around, the lady's like 45. Okay. Right? And I go, oh, I thought you were so much younger, but I heard your voice. Oh, yeah, I'd like a free sample. And I, and I ate it, and she's like, hey, just so you know, I, don't, I know you don't realize you did this, yeah. but you offended me just now. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, and I, had, I was completely oblivious. <laughs> totally. But ever since then, I'm like, okay, let me try to not say shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me... <laughs> Being a YouTuber, that's hard. Dude. <laughs> trying to walk carefully all the time. I will never forget, there was one time I went to a church event. I was a teenage kid, mm-hmm. hadn't seen a guy in a long time. And I was like, oh, like, what up, man? Haven't seen you in a long time. How's the wife? And he was like... We got divorced. And I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I, same same as you. Like, since that moment, I'm very cautious about what I say. Like, if I hadn't seen someone in a long time, yeah. I'm, like, very careful about what I ask them. That's understandable, Yeah. Though. But I still was like, whoa. Oh, super awkward now. For it wasn't, that's not like going up to a lady and going, how, how, what do you do? Yeah. And she's not even pregnant. Like, <laughs> Totally. That's, that's true. It's, it's not that bad. Yeah. But at the same time, I guess, like, uh, I felt bad in the sense of, like, oh, well, maybe I should just know what's going on in his life more, too. You know? So things like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Unique situation, though. I'll never forget that. Yeah.、Um, so I got a question for you. You still train? I mean, with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know、yeah. you started to get back. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm trying my best, dude, because I love it. I just, I mean, you saw the vlog I put out. I, I love,、yeah. I love flipping. I love. I, I know it's this. Like, it's a deep passion of mine. I don't, I don't think I'm ever like gonna be as good as like. You or a niece or any of those like, but none of us are going to be as good as a niece. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I have no aspirations to get that far. I just love doing it. I know I'm not amazing at it. I just love the feeling of doing it. It's a, it's a passion. Like martial arts has always been a thing for me. When I was a little kid, I had this whole thing of wanting to do like all the different martial arts that there's out there ever.、Totally. And I got to about 15. I'm like, maybe not so much. <laughs> it's like maybe that's what. Yeah, that's hard. It's like it's really time consuming. You know, Paul, hit that one. Oh, just oh, don't play the sound on it. Blast、yeah. from the past, dude. Oh shit, this is old. This is super old. That's oh, that's the short film I worked on with Mandy and Wayne. Yes, dude.、Yeah. So I mean, I'm still doing all the same tricks. This is like, <laughs> it's all the same shit. Like nothing's changed. Oh, dude. I, it's like if I can do the same stuff in these videos at 50, 60 years old, I'll、exactly. be, I'll be happy. Yo, but and here's the thing: like you're judging yourself, you're being really harsh on yourself. But the reason why I want people to see this is like, dude. This is 2010.、Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is a long time ago. So the vocabulary movements that they're doing back in the day, though, were like, this is what existed. There weren't as many moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yo, dude, it's so、yeah. awesome. I mean,、bro. I, 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 I never called myself a tricker because I can't combo. <laughs> I and、uh, <laughs> single tricks only. Yeah, you know、hey. who Mike Mo is, right? Yeah, of course. Of so course. I was I was at a park once, and Mike Mo was there with a bunch of people. I think Megan Lay was there. Yes. And so. They're all flipping and doing stuff, and I walk up, you know, chuckles, and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" And Mike Mo's first question was like, "Are you a tricker?" I'm like, "No, I'm not a tricker." <laughs> and so then I throw a corkscrew twist, or maybe it's just a corkscrew—I forget what the terminology is. And he goes, "You fucking asshole! You're a tricker. Don't ever say you're not a tricker. You just threw a corkscrew like <laughs>、totally. that." Totally. I'm like, "No, but I can't combo. Like, it's it's a it's like one thing to do a crazy trick. Like, I remember、uh, back in the day with the video you saw, like." I, the the coolest thing I ever did was a gainer full twist, and I don't know, man. You've also done double folds. I've done double folds, but I can't go backwards. Like I can't go. I can't go straight back. Like I always. Every time I'm at jam or when it was like White Lotus, I I did like、uh, I set two mats. Like you, you'll see in this video, there's two mats side by side because I suck. Because、oh, so、I can't, can't go straight. I can't go straight back because I don't know how to set properly. So you're like,、uh, just in case, here's yeah, two. Yeah, I'm all, like, I always go for one and I and land on the other because I'm terrible. So I mean, that this to me is is bad compared to like Steve Trout and all you guys. Dude,、so. to me this is epic, man.、Yeah. I mean, and, and for all your followers out there, it's even cooler that like look at what look what this guy used to do back in the day. You know,、yeah. so、I'm trying I'm trying to get back into it. You know,、Hell、I'm trying、yes. my best.、Um, it's tough. You know? <laughs> it's oh, tough. I but, know. But, but like、yeah. like okay, so the gainer full is what I was talking about. Steve Trout does a, like a weird gainer full. It's like kind of angled. And so I was able to go straight. Yeah, yeah.、And、he used to do corks, and then you were doing like over the top. Yeah, and he yeah. was like just baffled by that. Yeah, but I'm like, but you can, but you can do like so much more, man. You're like dope turtle. What are you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know,、bro. come on, don't don't fuck with my ego like that, man. <laughs> don't blow smoke up my butt. It's always funny though. Like guys have like little things and like little weird quirks and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it's cool to get props from someone like Steve Trotta. Yeah, I have a video on my phone from a combo I did five years ago, and I've saved it because. At the end of it, Anise is filming it, and he goes, "Oh, that was fucking dope." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, I got that on camera." <laughs> like, and that's clearly Anise's voice. I have evidence、yeah. that Anise said this. <laughs> and you know what? The only other time that he gave me a lot of props from is in a video I have on YouTube from、oh, really? 2009. I remember I landed like 
uh, cart full twist touchdown, which now is a common move, but I remember I did it, and he walked straight up to me and gave me props. Okay. So I put that in a sample. So, he, so, so he's your Goku, then? Dude, Anise, yeah, Anise was my Goku, yeah. yeah. I'll never forget the day he looked at me and was like, hey, man, you want to start a parkour team? I don't even think I said anything for like three minutes. I think I just looked at him and then like looked at Solomon and then looked at him and was like, what the fuck, dude? This guy asked me to be on a team with him. That's crazy. Yeah. I shit my pants, dude. It's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it was insane, man. So um, what's your um, what's what's your goal right now? Like, do you have any immediate goals for yourself? My goal is to continue what we're doing and, and potentially expand, potentially expand to even more channels, actually. Um, I'm trying to figure that out as we speak. But my whole thing is getting back to the things that I love, which is why I'm flipping with you again. Yes. It's like I'm trying to get back to the things that I love more and more, including telling narrative content. Um, one thing I'm kind of brewing right now is a potential fight scene I'm doing with Megan Lay. I don't know if that's going to happen for sure. That's a, cool. I just did a no-no. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> but, like you, that's my thing. Is that's one my, one of my advices to people is don't say shit until it's done. Yeah, yeah. Like don't 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 be happy about a job until the check clears. Like. <laughs> You know? I mean, you, you technically said you may. You didn't promise it. So yeah. I know that if you promise it, you're a man of your word. No, I really want to do things. That's the thing. That's part of the re- Okay, this is actually a good thing you, you asked about this. The whole th- reason why I, I, I focus so hard on YouTube as well is because, as you know, it's hard to get people to do shit in L.A. sometimes. Like, if it's w- you and one person, you and maybe two people, it's manageable. As soon as it gets to be more than that, people are like, oh, yeah, I got this. You know, yeah. scheduling is impossible because everyone's impossible. got their own shit. It's hard to get people to have this collective interest in stuff. Um, but somehow, like, I see you do it, and I saw, um, you mentioned him earlier, he was Captain Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, James. James, yeah. James, like, yeah, I saw totally. him part of a group, and it's yeah. like, getting to be part of a group is a huge deal to me. Like, that, if you're able to do that, then you've got it made. Totally. Like, that's the whole thing, because then you're in this endeavor collectively, together, and, like, your failures and successes are together. And that's a big deal, because, like, for me, I had to do it alone, because I had a hard time getting getting more than three people to, like, work minutes. Like, this right here... Me and three people is like that's a rarity. It's a rarity. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. hard to do that because everyone's got their own shit. That's yeah. that, and that's the, that's the thing with any big city like L.A. If you're in some Timbuktu city, it's probably going to be easier for you to yes. find YouTube success or any kind of success because people are more hungry. There's less opportunity there, and so you're forced to work together. You see a lot of these guys from, and I'm not judging, but you see a lot of these YouTube stars that are in the Midwest and exactly. stuff like that their whole all of their best friends are characters within their channel exactly they all have names they're all regulars and it's because yeah they're able to just that's they're living their life every day doing it exactly i mean i mean they have like regular jobs yeah you know (laughs) they're just like very normal people and so there's not much to do out there whereas like la you can't throw a stone without finding something to do yeah and you can't uh, go anywhere without taking an hour there an hour back so it's like as we know with avengers time is a commodity for people (laughs) time is a huge commodity but but to answer your question like i'm just trying to get back to that thing and like the the long term i'm trying to keep keep my eye on the long term because sometimes you get into stuff just to like reinvent yourself and find yourself again but there's always that long-term thing in the back of your mind like for you it's hosting right yeah and so you do all these things but it's like but okay but i don't want to lose sight of that like that's that's the thing and so that's what that's what i'm trying to do right now and and thankfully youtube has afforded me the opportunity and ability to have that clarity of vision i mean that's the thing that you get when you don't have a nine to five yeah is you're like oh this is what it's like to just sit and not have to like freak out about traffic or anything like that and like you get a lot of thoughts and it's like, okay, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to be careful with those thoughts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a true story. Yeah. It's, it's it's craziness. Like I, I think some people kind of deal with it more than anyone else. You know, I remember hearing about Arnold Chun in his earlier days before he, you know, he's who he is now. Um, but like he would just have idle time. And I remember a buddy of mine was like, "Yeah, you know what stunt guys do? They they put their shoes on, they go running around the block, come back." They got nothing to do, so they put their shoes on again and they go run around the block again. Like, it's funny. I literally had lunch with my buddy yesterday. Uh, he doubles Jason Statham. Okay. He's, he's been doubling on all the movies the last few years. Doubled Hawkeye in, in Avengers for some of them. Okay. Oh, I, I, oh no. Uh, Kyle I McLean. Okay, Kyle yeah. McLean. You may know yeah. him. He's an ex-tricker. But we had the same conversation yesterday, and our conversation was like, yeah, when we're gone on all these runs, when we do have idle time, we either work out or we blow our money. Because yeah. we have nothing to do, yeah. especially when we're out of town working on these jobs and stuff. Yeah. So, my, you know. my advice to everybody is put away at least 10%. Every single always. paycheck. Always. Yeah, That's yeah. My, my whole thing is that because like you'll get money and then you'll, you'll think, oh, this is just going to keep coming. And then it stops. And you're like, shit, why did I? Why didn't I? You know, I remember I booked this huge McDonald's commercial back in the day and I got... I got a lot of money from it yeah. that year, and I was getting paychecks all the time. I'm like, this is awesome. I did this one job. I keep going back to the mailbox, and more and money shows more up. Money. You know? And then it stopped one day, and I was like, oh, shit. Yes. I got to go back to my regular 9 to 5. or Well, it was casting. but Dude, I feel you. Yeah, and so my whole thing is like always put away at least 10% and never touch it. My, the way I phrase it to people is it's almost like, it's almost like you, have a, um, you are your first bill. Mm, right yeah, before yeah, you yeah. pay credit cards before you pay anyone before you pay your rent pay yourself you you're the first bill that you got to pay yeah. and don't ever touch that shit because you'll need it someday yeah 100 you know, percent. you'll it's, get desperate it's smart advice especially because a lot of our listeners out there um i'm not gonna say it's all of them but the majority of them use their bodies and they don't realize if you get hurt yeah you are fucked yeah you're it's a wrap for at least a while you're fucked yeah 100%. i remember i remember talking to ilram and he was like paralyzed in the hospital mm-hmm. i'm like damn dude and then he talked to me about um maze runner and how he almost got killed on maze runner yeah, yeah. He's, he's like i'm done with this 100 <laughs> percent, man and i've literally i've had i've had some very horrific injuries before i mean like we talked about before the jam cast started i literally tore my shoulder trying a trick for fun at jam yeah took me out for eight months like shit it took me out it took me four months just to rehab my arm to use it again and then to fully like swing it at full speed took like you know a lot more time luckily i have a lot of stuff to fall back on and i choreograph and coordinate stuff so i didn't have to rely on being a performer but if that had happened to some other people oof. yeah and and you gotta be i mean injuries you gotta be careful with your mind during that time because it can get really dark yes like when you can't do anything and you're watching everyone else get better you're like fuck I'm so jealous. <laughs> One of the most depressing times, yeah. Dude, I told you, like, we went to, you took us all out to CSUN for a parkour event. Yes. And I did a wall spin. I ha- I was very confident this about is, my wall This spins. is a long time ago. This is White yeah. Lotus days. Yeah. yeah. 2009, I guess. Yeah. And I was like, I was very confident about my wall spin. It was the one thing I was confident about. <laughs> and everyone's doing it off this table. And I'm like, that's different. Well, let me just go for it. <laughs> and I go for it and I <laughs> panic. I like panic hard. And I bail. No. And I land on. I thought I. I, t- I thought I twisted my ankle. My ankle was fine. I fucked up my shoulder and got a contusion. And so I go to this guy. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like rubbing this special oil on me and shit, and you're icing it. And like, I couldn't do anything with it for three months. Yeah. And once it finally healed, I come back to White Lotus, and I'm like having fun. I'm like back in the game again. And at the very end, the one of the le- the big lessons is, just one more is not a good idea. 
Don't ever do just one more. Paul knows. Don't ever <laughs> That's my do, famous last words. Yeah, don't ever do just one more because I did a just one more gainer and I like messed up my foot. <sighs> I'm like, what the hell? I don't even know what it was. It was something between the bones of my big toe and second toe. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. How, what do you call this injury? And so, Dude, that's what I'm dealing with right now. Paul knows. Yeah. yeah I'm literally dealing with a ligament injury and in my foot between my first and second toe. Yeah. And, and so when people see all the cool tricks online and stuff and they want to do that, it's like, just know you got to be ready to get injured that's, yeah. that's part of the process it's all a part of it you know, yeah yeah getting better 100%. Uh, you start to learn about consequences as you get older yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah they start to become real when you're like oh i have responsibilities and obligations and i'm responsible for myself at this point yeah i mean i'm happy to be able to do anything that i do now given all the setbacks i remember like i remember being at um valley college and uh that used to be the spot everyone would go to and then it was, it was that and um Geo. Yes, Gymnastics, Gymnastics Olympica. Gymnastics Olympica. And so I was at, I was at LAVC, and um, it was, I was one of those things where, like, I was trying to improve my butterfly kick and get it over this box. And I, like, I got my first foot cleared, second foot was coming in, made contact with the box, fell face first <laughs> into the floor. And, like, I, like, did this weird thing with my neck. I'm like, no, but – I'm sorry. I, no. It's like, it's like I, can't, I can't leave gymnastics fucked up. Like, I got to do something good. And have so to I, redeem yourself. Have to, got, exactly. You've got to <laughs> redeem yourself to walk out with a positive feeling, like walking out a winner, which is the stupidest thing ever. It's just ego. So that same kind of box, I stand on top of it because um, it's like, flat, there's rect- like you can put the rectangle this way or this way. And I put it this way to, to do like a huge back tuck, which is stupid. And so I asked my friend to hold it, and he didn't hold it very securely. So it rolled. Of course it did. And as I go into my back tuck, my face makes contact with it. No. <laughs> And like I just fucked up my neck for like six months. I was no so shit. I was afraid to do anything. No shit. And it was like it was a big deal for me just to go back to back handspring. Yeah, yeah. Just because of the fear and also yeah. the injury. Yeah. Yeah. But the good thing is now I'm confident in doing back handsprings on concrete. One hundred percent. Yeah. Like I, I remember I was at a bar and I did a back handspring and this girl was like, "Woo, do something else. I'll buy you a drink." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "I got that one unlocked." Yeah. But yeah, man, you can't take anything for granted, no matter what it is. Paul is an elite level free runner. Mm-hmm. He broke his neck in a foam pit. Probably where you would think you're the safest. No, I know for sure it's not the safest. <laughs> First hand. I did double, like, you know Wayne Delgish? Yes, of he, course. He would, like, egg me on to do, like, bigger and stuff because he's amazing. Totally. And I'm like, dude, I'm not you. He's like, no, no, you can do this, you can do this. And so he he did a double gainer into the into the foam pit at... Um, at Geo? At or, Geo. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> go for it and I land head first and you just go straight to the bottom that's what he did when you go that's at the right angle that's how he angle. broke his neck yeah and like what's scary is it's kind of like the ocean because you don't know up from down yes and you're like swimming into the bottom totally you're like fuck and you can't breathe there's chalk going in your lungs yeah it's like, holy shit yeah he, he went for quad front went for quad front and did three and a half Oh shit! Just landed straight and broke his shit. Oh, man. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. But the trampoline is where I learned how to do everything, though. Like that's how I got my confidence with full twists and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, Whoa. I mean, it's, there's a benefit there. There, there is. I've all. It can also be a crazy thing. I stay off the trampolines. Um, really? Yeah, I, I prefer to just use the ground. <laughs> I prefer. And you know what's funny? A niece too. A niece. Yeah. If you put a niece on a trampoline, he won't jump. He'll stand dead still, no bounce, and then he'll just go. And throw his trick. <laughs> he doesn't like getting the height because it scares him. He's like, he's like, I don't need the height. I jump so high. Here's a question I have for you, man. How come there isn't a single trampoline in the world surrounded by pads, bro? Like, why? You're, you're right. Like, like a completely, like, fully cushioned, completely jabby safe. That's yeah, what I, want. I, I know what you're saying, bro. I'm the type of person that, like, if I buy one of those trampolines from my backyard, yeah, I put the net up. 
Okay. My friends take it off because they're like, it bends in. I'm like, I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going sometimes. Like, yeah. I could get kicked off. Well, like, but even at, like, uh, truth be told, like, even at Jam, like, it's up high. Oh, I know. And I'm yeah. like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm so scared of messing myself up. I just, I, I get, oh. I just get freaked out about the possibility of, dude. like, flying off. I was at um, Mike Chat's place. XMA. Uh, XMA. And he's got a trampoline with, like, kind of surrounded by mats, but there's, like, a bar yeah. right there. Yeah, I know. The, the viewing bar to, like, yeah. stop people from walking in. It's right there. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. And I'm like, what it's if... One, I, it's one side of it, basically. Yeah, what yeah. if I fly into that? I'm a rap for, like, a year. I'm not going to be right for a long time. Dude, 100%. You know, I can't even walk in there. I'll be so embarrassed. Yo, I, I feel you, and I think about that all the time. I think the craziest story I've ever seen firsthand was uh, I was at Tempest Northridge. I don't know okay. if you've ever been there. They have a, a platform that is above the trampoline. Okay. So you can step off the platform and drop, what do you think, like eight feet, Paul? Maybe like eight? It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you like stand on the platform. You can drop to the trampoline and then land back on top of the platform. Or you can go hit the trampoline and try to flip in. The thing that people don't realize, though, is if you're jumping to a trampoline from eight feet high, it's not like landing on the ground. It's a lot of like, momentum. There, there's give. Like you have to like know the responsiveness of the springs. I'm, I was there one night where a guy jumped from the top, landed on the trampoline, thinking he was going to land and go into the pit. Upon landing, snapped both ankles. Who is this? Some random guy, some okay. random kid training, man. So he jumped off the platform, hit the trampoline. You could tell he was thinking, oh, I'm going to jump in. And in midair, he's like, just flies into the pit. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. We just saw a guy break both ankles from the top. That's upsetting. Yeah, it was insane. Just, but then, yeah. but then he was stuck in the pit, and like we had to pull him out. Just hearing that story is making me upset. That's it crazy. It's crazy. The, the the nuttiest thing I ever saw was uh, you know those parallel bars that people like swing on. Of course. Yeah. Um, I was fourteen or fifteen years old at LAVC, and I heard I saw a bunch of guys running at the same time. Like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? And some dude was stuck on a parallel bar. He snapped. Oops, sorry. He snapped his arm. He snapped his forearm in half. It was just, he was just stuck. And it was stuck. Was he, he in a he strap? Was, he wrapped around it. Oh my God. Yeah, he wrapped around it. No way. And I was like, I'm never going on that shit. Holy I like, crap. I caught my nuts on that too many times. Yeah. <laughs> he fucked his arm he up. His- <laughs> <laughs> like, no way. I'm not doing that. Wow, and I love this because, uh, funny enough, guys, our plan after this is we're going to go train at gym. <laughs> yeah, but like, that way, I mean, it's good to talk about this stuff because a lot of people see that, like, the glory videos on YouTube yes. and they're like, oh, I can do that. And it's like, yeah, be careful though. Like, yeah. well, I did a reaction to the, the King's um, United Dance Routines, yeah, yeah. and one of the things I kept emphasizing was, it's like, the height that these people are getting is not what's amazing. What's amazing is they're landing yes. and not hurting themselves. Live. Yes, exactly. Live. I'm like, all oh, the pressure. Totally. You know? I'm, I, I, but, I can cut on t- film, you know, but you can't cut on that show. Exactly. Yeah. And so, to me, being able to land that stuff is the big, like, you're talking about ankle injuries and stuff like that. Like, that's... Being able to land safely is my is my whole thing. Yeah, you know, you see these people jumping from way up high onto concrete and stuff. I'm like, you got to be careful with your joints. Like, that's cool when you're 21. Hell Wait yeah. till you're 31. Yeah, and and shit just starts to creep up. Then when you're 41, it's not going away. Yeah, like then that's an everyday thing. Yeah, you yeah. wake up and have to like warm up 100%. just to just to just to go to work. <laughs> just yeah. to like just to sit at the breakfast table. You kind of have to warm up a little bit. Dude. You know, <laughs> I sit with my uh, hypervolt pretty much 24 seven. Just holding it and vibrating my body to try to not feel pain so yeah, yeah no i feel you man it's nuts um so i got a, i got a question that i want to end it on and it kind of uh relates to training it may relate to youtube so you can take it however you want but okay. i ask a lot of people this question uh is there anything that you would tell younger jabby 
that you would have changed if you could go back in time at all? Um, or are you yeah. thankful for the, the path that you've been on right now? Shit, man. That's it's a, a good question, right? That's yeah, such so, a loaded question. And it's a broad-ass one, too. Yeah. That's a loaded question. Yeah. There are so many things I would do differently. Uh, um, ah, and you shit, can talk dude. about as few or as many as you'd like, but I always bring that up because people that are at a... I think that it's important for people to see where you've come from to where you're at now. Yeah, dude. Um I was. I remember I was in therapy a couple, uh, about a year back, and the therapist was like, "You're really hard on yourself." I'm like, "Yeah, because I need to be." She's like, "You're too hard on yourself." I'm like, "I don't think I'm hard enough on myself. I think I'm wow. a lazy fuck." Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's like, and the the reality is, I'm not. But I was, and I'm trying to make up for lost time all the time because, <clears throat> okay, LAVC, I met Andy Chang. Yes. And uh, Jackie Chan stunt team. Jackie Chan stunt team, and I I recognized him before anyone else did. No one knew who he was. And I'm like, that's, and I didn't know his name, but I knew his face. He's in the background of every fight. Exactly. And I'm like, dude, are you in Jackie Chan's stunt team? He's like, yes, I am. I'm like, okay, cool. And I, I, like, I wrote a script, which was a, sh- a dog shit script because I was 14. You can't write anything good when you're 14. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I was like, can you give Jackie Chan my script? And he's like, okay, cool. And, um, he, and he saw me do a fight scene with my buddy. He's like, shoot that fight scene, put it with the script, and I'll, I'll give it to Jackie Chan. Ah. And I never did anything with it. I was just too scared. I was like, I, I was too, I was too, I was such a perfectionist. I'm like, this isn't good enough. And I spent so much time trying to perfect it. By the time I did like that opportunity, that ship sailed. And it's like, some people get so caught up in being a perfectionist that they don't do enough, yep. you know? And it's like, perfectionists aren't the ones that are remembered. It's the people who do the work that are remembered. And so if I had advice from my younger self, it'd be like, don't be so afraid, yeah. you know, do the work and just put it out there and see what happens. And don't put your foot in your mouth. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I would have also told myself to break up with my first high school girlfriend <laughs> a lot sooner. You know, it's like when you're when you're in high school, when you're a teenager, you get wrapped up in love and stuff like that. I'm like, that's the worst possible thing that could happen yeah. to you. Fucking explore. Yeah. Like not I'm not saying sleep with everybody, but explore. So you understand what you like, you know, because people like every teenager goes, oh, I, this is different. You know, this is different. I'm in love. What you had obviously wasn't special. Yeah. This is different. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. No, we all go through that, dude. And we become different versions of ourselves over the years. Exactly. The person that I was back in high school had had similar values, but I was a totally different person in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, learn to let go is another thing. Um, that's one of my big things is learning how to let go. Because like, I think that when you're really passionate about when you're an artist, sometimes you have a, you harbor things. And yes. it's like, you've got to learn how to let go of what you have no control over. Just let go. It's 100%. not your fault. You can't do anything about it now. Even if it was your fault, what can you do now? Let go. You know, just let go. Move on. Move forward. Uh, those are those are the, the kinds of things I would tell my younger self. But I don't even know if I would listen. Yeah, that's the funniest thing. Is like I was a stubborn kid. You know? Honestly, though, uh, the first thing that you touched on, I think, is something that everyone out there needs to hear, and uh, it's something that I was guilty of myself, just being overcritical and not putting things out, or being too self-conscious that it almost restricts you, and it restricts your progress, and it restricts your ability to get feedback from people from the outside world. Um, even as simple as starting a YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm sure there's thousands of kids, kids that are listening to this right now that have thought about it, that just haven't pulled the trigger. Oh, I got friends who are crazy talented. Yeah. Who, who are afraid to do anything. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Just jump. Baby. I'm like, I'm jealous of you yeah. because I think you've got more talent than I do, but I'm the one who's putting my nose to the grindstone every day. Yeah. If you just do the same thing, you'd be just as, if not more successful than me. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Like, what are you waiting for? I mean, Nike made a shitload of money for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is... That it, slogan is, is true. It, you know? It's very, it's, it's simple, but it's very meaningful. It's yeah. to just do the work. Yeah. Just do the work. 
and and put it out there. Listen to the feedback and adjust, but don't forget who you are. Hell yes. You know, I think it's invaluable advice on top of all the other things that you spit, man. <laughs> you drop so many pieces of knowledge out there. Like, it's good for me to hear them myself, but more importantly, I hope that everyone out here really takes them to heart, man. I appreciate you coming by and sharing your perspective. Yeah, man, this was fun. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, really quick, dude, I want to make sure that people know where they can follow you. So uh, what are your channels that they can subscribe to? Um, and we'll put some links, obviously, below, too, so people don't misspell it. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at uh, JabbyKuei. If you want to see the Indian content, YouTube.com slash JabbyKuei. If you want to see the American reactions and reviews, uh, YouTube.com slash GetJabby. And if you want to see Asian stuff like like Tony Jaw reactions and stuff like that, uh, it's uh, YouTube.com slash JabbyTV. Hell yes. Yeah. So there was a, like a new Vietnamese trailer I was telling you about. Like Vietnam's coming up. That's the next thing. Yes, I'm excited about that. they're on the rise, man. Yeah. They are on the rise. And funny enough, I know Indian film is continuing to be on the rise. Uh, just yesterday, I went down to BuzzFeed and shot a video looking at Bollywood fi- action films. Okay. Yeah. And then the first person I thought of was you. And I was like, holy crap. A meeting with the man yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. All synchronicity, man. All synchronicity. Uh, thanks for coming by, man. I definitely want to have you come by sometime in the future. If you uh, ever want to talk about anything, just let us know, man. Awesome. Feel free to use Jam as a platform. All right. Thanks, man. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for joining us again, guys, on another episode. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe for new videos each and every week. Join us every Monday for brand new Jam breakdowns, looking at the top clips from throughout the movement world, and every Friday for brand new Jam cast just like this, where we interview influential people just like Mr. Jabby Kawai himself. So with that being said, guys, a very special thank you as always to Mr. Paul White Cotton for running things behind the cameras. We have to give a very special shout out and congratulations to my man over here for hitting a million subscribers. Go check out his channel, Mr. Jabby Koe. And uh, as always, guys, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Until next time, we'll see you all soon. Peace. <laughs>